0: What is up, y'all? This is the other dude with John Corn. It's going to be a little bit different. I talked about Kobe Bryant on the auto version of the podcast. I'm doing something a little bit different on this one. I wasn't going to read this because it just sounds weird or too emotional, but anybody that loves sports or watches Kobe Bryant would understand. wrote a letter to Kobe Bryant just to thank him. never had the honor or pleasure of meeting him, but I'm just going to read it for y'all, and let's just see how it goes. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Kobe Bryant. Because of you, I'm interested in a career in sports. You have motivated me to crazy lengths that you have no idea about. Always as a kid, even as an adult, when I throw trash away, I always yell, Kobe, you have changed my life more than even though you have never met me. I'm working hard on my sports career because your whole determination, I saw what you did, motivated me to. What you did, not just for the game, but for me as a fan, that you never met mattered more to me than you will ever know. I cannot thank you enough for inspiring me to find something I enjoy and to work my you know what butt off for it. I wanted to learn more about sports See me, because of You changed my life more than you will ever know, and I thank you for this. I couldn't imagine my childhood without watching Kobe Bryant on TV. If it wasn't for you and your hustle, I wouldn't be working this hard to achieve a career in sports. From a little red-headed kid to a now 22-year-old inspiring to do great things in the world of sports one day because of Kobe Bryant. Thank you, Kobe, for everything. Rest in peace, Black Mamba. Now, anybody that watched sports really knows that sports, it brings people together. Anybody that got to watch Kobe Bryant knew that he was special. There's a reason why Jerry West traded for a 17-year-old player that came straight out of high school. Kobe Bryant, we've never seen an athlete, at least in my lifetime, if that I remember correctly, who made a transition from playing 20 years in the league or playing in the league and then leaving. Because a lot of times we see players that play for years and that's their identity is then playing on the field. But once it's done, they don't really do anything. But Kobe Bryant made that transition so smoothly that we've never seen it in our lifetime. Kobe Bryant is one of those people that I'm going to tell my kids about. Now, if you don't watch basketball or sports, you're not going to understand, but Kobe Bryant and LeBron were the first two people I've watched on TV for sports. It ain't the only thing about sports at five or six years old, but Kobe Bryant was one of the first guys I saw on TV. His work and determination. You know, he would call MJ over and over. Hey, what could I do different? What could I learn? And the biggest thing for him is his hard work, his de- ter- determination, but more importantly, him be able to swallow his pride. And with his hard work, you could be at the gym at 5 a.m., but he would be at the gym since 1 a.m. His hard work and determination, I do not i can't stress that enough or I can see that kind of dog in a NBA player, now in the NBA, or in the future. I just, something about him, his personality, the weight, what he did, what he did. And it's amazing as the talent of Kobe Bryant has had and what he did it's surprising he only won one MVP yeah most we had like two to three I think it was four seasons we had 30 plus points he's one of the very few, very few NBA players I could say they won back to back to back championships won in 2000 2001 and 2002 then one in 2009 and 2010 of course later in his career he had the ACL injury but again he came back next year and started 30 plus games Then this last year. This his last game. I think it was against the Utah Jazz. Gordon Hayward was on the team at the time. He was at the free throw line, had one more point to score 60 points. And this story, I don't know if everybody heard. Gordon Hayward was on the other side. He um, purposely stepped in to foul Kobe so he could get another chance to score 60 points. That, for me, made me a Gordon Hayward fan for the rest of my life, even if Gordon Hayward doesn't play in the NBA. Kobe Bryant retired as a legend. It wasn't, if you didn't watch sports, you don't understand. Kobe Bryant died, unfortunately, a legend. I know he was back in January. But if you don't watch sports, you would not understand what he did for the game and for people out of the game. You even have guys like Darius Slay, a recently acquired quarterback from Detroit to Philadelphia, who is well, his, changing his numbered to 24 to honor Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was an Eagles fan. I mean, just that dog. you have never seen that kind of personality or an athlete make that smooth transition from playing years in the NBA till the end of his career. He played more years in the NBA than he was alive at the time. Twenty years the NBA, came into the league at 17, retired as a legend. Thank you, Kobe Bryant, for inspiring a little redheaded kid to have a career in sports. Hey, going on to a little bit more of the NBA before we get a kind of emotional about is All that. Do y'all think that the NBA should cancel their season? Because, again, with the coronavirus, their health, the players' health, everybody's health is more important than my personal entertainment. Because if let's say they potentially start the season or finish the season early May, late June. Then you have three series of playoffs for the East and the West, and then you have the finals of the two teams, whoever makes it. Then you have maybe, maybe a month, month and a half till the next season starts. Or they could have the season start next year. So the best thing, I think, for the NBA is just to cancel the season because we don't know when it's going to start. And if you do what you did to continue the season, they're not going to be fully healthy. You still have to incorporate free agency. You still have to incorporate the NBA draft. How are you going to incorporate the NBA draft and free agency during this period? That's going to be one of the things that they have to figure out. I think they should cancel the season because, again, they offer game pass for free to, for another month, month and a half. If they continue the season, the next season, it's not going to be as good because they're not going to be rested. They're not going to be Their health isn't going to be as great. Cancel the NBA season. Let them stay healthy. Let them figure this coronavirus thing out. Then come back next season and we're excited to see what happens. It sucks because we want to see who could have won NBA MVP. Jumping into that, who do y'all think – who's y'all's MVP for the NBA? Do they even do that, the trophy this year, because they didn't play all A2 games because of this coronavirus? Between, for me, it's LeBron and Giannis. Now, I understand Giannis is great, but again, in the NBA, we've seen this countless of times. Just because you have the best record, or the highest seed in the East or the West, doesn't determine your success in the playoffs, doesn't determine you being successful, or getting to the finals, or having success in the finals, or making a deep run to the NBA Finals. Take Giannis away from that team in the East, and they're still a playoff team. Maybe you can sound biased because I'm a LeBron fan, but the fact that matters. Take LeBron away. I think Anthony Davis is a great player. No disrespect to him. But him putting that team on his shoulders with Kyle Kuzma, who's a little bit iffy. Rondo isn't what he used to be. Could Anthony Davis put the team on his back and make him the number one seed in the West or even a playoff team? I don't think so. I think people pick Giannis for MVP because I think it's PER player efficiency rating. But take away LeBron from the Los Angeles Lakers, and they're not a playoff team. I got LeBron winning it. But again, on the other side of this, do they even give an MVP winner this year? Because they didn't get a chance to play all 82 games. And Or this sounds maybe kind of stupid. Do they finish 82 games and then just cancel the rest of the season? I don't know. I love the NBA, but I can say this again and again. Their health... Getting this situated is more important than my entertainment. We'll see what happens. Do they cancel the season? Do they finish out the last 20 games? Give a player an MVP award and then don't do the playoffs. It's gonna be weird. I don't know how to how Adam Silver is going to do it, but I trust him. So going on to the NFL. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz's contract situation is negatively going to affect future NFL quarterbacks contracts. Bacon Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, many other quarterbacks. Because we see in 2018, the offseason, the Los Angeles Rams went all in that year. And again, we know that's not a good idea because that's not built for long-term success. That's not how you build a dynasty or build a franchise. They went all in. It didn't work. The key, though, for Los Angeles Rams for their success... Before Todd Gurley had this arthritis injury, which people, it's more serious than it is, than more serious than people realize. It's not going to affect his career, his career now and after whatever he does. When Todd Gurley got rolling, when Todd Gurley got his carries, got his carries, got his yards, his catches, his touchdowns, Jared Goff got rolling. But when he saw that arthritis injury, Todd Gurley couldn't get going, Jared Goff couldn't get going, and that's why near the end of the 2018 season, he had six touchdowns to seven picks. Jarek Goff is a byproduct of his offensive weapons. I don't know how anybody can tell me otherwise. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, second straight year of 1,000 yards. Everett, you got Gurley, who isn't obviously a t- isn't what he used to be, not 220-plus carries, but he can be an effective red zone running back or pass-catch running back. So you have five to six weapons, and you still couldn't get it done. They panicked after what happened in the Super Bowl. It didn't work. You paid him. And now it's going to negatively affect your team in the long run. But also the question though or concern with Carson Wentz, yes, he finally played all sixteen games in his career for the first time since twenty sixteen, his rookie year, when they went seven and nine. Then the kind of course you get to the wild card game. He's out, Josh McCown plays. So it's going to affect it because of his injury, his inconsistency, Jared Goff getting overpaid, being the byproduct of his weapons, and still couldn't get it done. Jared Goff had only 22 touchdowns. With the amount of weapons that you have, you should have been in the MVP conversation. Guys like Lamar Jackson or Bacon Mayfield or Sam Donald, if he does stay with the Jets, and other young quarterbacks that come into the league this year, or guys are already in the league, Cam Newton or other guys. Them getting a new contract, they're going to look at past... NFL quarterbacks in their contracts what happened was did he have an injury history was he inconsistent did he not utilize with the offensive weapons that he had that is one of the biggest questions with future quarterbacks getting paid it sucks but I think that's kind of the reality and you do that with running backs also look at the history and unfortunately it's going to negatively hurt quarterbacks but it's going to make hurt the Cowboys deck Prescott's probably going to hold out do the Ezekiel Elliott thing, I'm not saying Dak Prescott deserves $40 million. He doesn't deserve that. Get that through his head. It's just that simple. But on the other side, for Dak's side, I can't believe I'm defending him, you have guys, like I said, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz who can't stay healthy, who got paid. You got Bridgewater, who's, he got paid, but when they used to have no offense line and have to address the whole defense. That can help. Help for Dak in his contract negotiations. Now guaranteed. The exclusive franchise tag is thirty-one and a half million dollars. If you don't know what that is, he basically can't speak to teams in free agency or this past or this next season. It is just that simple. Do I think Dak Prescott is going to get his money? I think yes. I think he can use leverage from Jared Goff inconsistency and Carson Wentz's injury history to help elevate the amount of money that he gets and to have less incentives. Because when you have more incentive type contracts. You could have a Todd Gurley type situation where it could be like a four years, 150, or whatever it is. But then you only get like four years, 50, or 50, because there's like 40, 50, 60 million incentives. Dak Prescott wants more guaranteed money. And for him to get more guaranteed money, he's going to have to look at, hey, let's look at Jared Goff. Let's look at Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, who hasn't done anything. That can be used to Dak Prescott's advantage. But let me know what y'all think. That Prescott's gonna get paid. What is he worth per year? Should he get more guaranteed? Or should it be a more incentive type contract? Now let's continue on with football. A little bit transition to Madden. Um, Madden just isn't what it used to be. I don't I don't know if players in the NFL aren't allowed to speak about it. You've had a lot of players, a couple of players here and there that talk about Madden. Oh, that isn't my face. Philip Lindsay doesn't look like it. You'll see a lot of the coaches, a lot of the players, their faces look terrible used to be, when Madden, like Chris O'Blands or, or whoever's watching or listening to this podcast, when you used to play Madden, it used to be a game that you thoroughly enjoyed. It used to be a game, you had Superstar Mode, which is basically a mode you could play some of the best moments from the previous season. Franchise Mode had a deep mode. You could play uh, the Pro Bowl, you could do a lot of mini-camp drills and do all this. But with the Pro Bowl now in Madden 20, which sounds great, but when you deep dive into it and trying to create, you can create your character or that franchise mode where your character goes into college, plays two championship games, and then goes to the NFL. You could play it. Your character could have MVP, caliber like numbers, you can't play as your customized character in the Pro Bowl. So I know this is kind of a little bit off topic, but this is still kind of football-related here. I think with Madden, it isn't what it used to be. I believe Ultimate Team started in... Madden 2010 Madden 2010 correct me if I'm wrong. That was the beginning of the end for Madden being what it was Because franchise mode isn't what it used to be Madden ultimate team is now the crash grab or the main idea the main byproduct of Madden and You're not gonna get a good franchise mode You're not gonna get this or that people are like oh look at the superstar x-factor mode and guess what they also had that similar kind of feature in Madden 2008, 12 years ago. So no, that is not a, a new feature. I wish we had more NFL players that would speak out about the poorly done Madden 2K and FIFA. Because anybody that's a sportsman, I mean, I occasionally I play Madden because I love to play football, but even the graphics really are not that great. They're just not. And it's unrealistic. And a small thing here, I don't think people have paid attention to realize... Number one, the soundtrack for Madden is one of the worst I have seen in any sports game in sports game history. Second hand, when you're playing a regular season game in Madden 20 in franchise mode, I've realized I hear a song in the background called DJ Khaled "All I Do Is Win." You would think that song is not in the soundtrack, so why are they playing that song in the background? Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't <laughs> okay with that Madden. Let me know what y'all think. Is Madden is a cash grab, or are they headed in the right direction? Just let me know. Let's get back into some more football. Michael Vick. People that are true football fans know who he is. Is Michael Vick a Hall of Famer? I think yes, but he's not a first ballot. He's most likely a second or third ballot Hall of Famer for many reasons. Michael Vick gave mobile quarterbacks a chance. If it wasn't for Michael Vick being in the NFL, would we see like guys like Lamar Jackson? Would we see guys like Kim Noon starting in the NFL or Russell Wilson? Would they get as much of a chance to start in the NFL if he never saw the likes of Michael Vick? Michael Vick changed the narrative of the way we look at quarterbacks. You can't tell the NFL story without Michael Vick. You play two different positions, running back and quarterback. We all remember Madden 04, don't play against the Falcons. But Michael Vick as a quarterback transitioned and changed his career. When he played with the Philadelphia Eagles, we saw, I know what he did off the field, but everybody deserves a change. Nobody is perfect. The only person that is perfect is God. That is the only thing. But Michael Vick, though, the way he confused NFL defenses, the way he could run and throw, occasionally throw, made him a great NFL quarterback. Could he have been more accurate? Yes, he could. But I think Michael Vick is a future Hall of Famer, second or third ballot. Let me know what you think. Am I just crazy? Maybe I am, but I think he's a second or third ballot Hall of Famer here. Now, going to the XFL, though, I'm excited for the XFL. Season 2, now I know P.J. Walker just got signed to the Carolina Panthers. This gives him a chance to start with the Panthers, but I don't think he would because look at this, too. The Redskins traded for Kyle Allen and gave the Carolina Panthers a fifth-round pick. Now, I understand P.J. Walker had 15 touchdowns to five interceptions. But again, number one, it was against XFL talent. Do I think he should get a chance to start? Yes. But the Carolina Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater to a excuse me, three-year deal, 63 sixty-three and a half million 63500000 million. They don't pay him to sit on the bench and people to be like, oh, he's been inconsistent. Really? But how did the New York Jets in the 2018 preseason get a third-round pick? Based off of two preseason games, you'd be like, "Oh, he had the offense last year; they went five and or0 Well, here's the problem with that logic, though. He had an offense that wasn't centered towards him. He had an offense that was centered towards Drew Brees, that he didn't practice with the number one reps because he wasn't expected to start any games last year. He was expected to sit behind Drew Brees all of last season. Put Taysom Hill in that lineup for those five games. Number one, they don't go five and zero. They don't go four and one. They maybe go one and four at best. If it wasn't for Teddy Bridgewater stepping in for those five games, when Drew Brees was out, they wouldn't be in the playoffs, and they wouldn't have gone 5-0. That's just what I genuinely believe about that. But going back to the P.J. Walker, do I think he deserves a chance to start? In info, yes. Will he? I mean, I don't know. Was it smart for the Carolina Panthers to sign Cam Noonan? But well, again, they have to address their whole offensive line and the defense. I don't know. P.J. Walker played great, but again, Like we've said on Sports shows, like I've said on my podcast, we cannot crown a player too early. There was part of a reason why P.J. Walker didn't work in the NFL. I think he definitely got a chance because he knows Andrew Luck and Oliver Luck, I believe the commissioner of the XFL. I think he could be great in the – could be. It's a big question mark because where would he go? Most teams have their quarterback, or at least some teams know what quarterback they are going to draft this year in the draft. And again, moving on to the coronavirus situation. Again, like I've said, their health is more important than my individual um, entertainment. But with the NFL draft, it's been reported that it's not going to be in Vegas. So how are they, they going to do the draft? Is it going to affect the NFL preseason? I, I mean, I don't think it is, but again, I'm not going to pretend like certain news networks pretend like I know anything about the coronavirus. I know nothing about it. But I hope that they take their time with this. Again, I'm not a fan of Roger Goodell. I think he's a terrible NFL commissioner. But I also think that they need to be smart about this. Where would they have the NFL draft? On the other side of this, teams that sign their big free agencies. It's not like they can practice with them. It's not like they can go to the team facilities and practice as a team. So that... Building that chemistry in the offseason is going to be a lot more difficult. It's going to be a lot harder because you don't have the amount of time in the offseason to prepare for the 2020 season. So just let me know what you think. What did they do with the draft, and does it affect the NFL preseason or next year? Now going to, I would say, Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to get too much into this because this is going to sound like a repeated topic. fact of the matter is, though... Sean Watson is going to demand a trade after this next season. Bill O'Brien is a joke of a head coach. We're not going to get into a rabbit hole about that. I already did that on the, the podcast. But with Bill O'Brien, you're not going to get past the divisional round. He knows that you traded my best weapon away. That chemistry between, sorry, blah, <laughs> between the Sean Watson, the Audrey Hopkins with unlike no other. You'd be like, oh, Deshaun Watson can go to the New England Patriots. Why would he do that? Deshaun Watson, after this year, I believe has one more year on his rookie contract. 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. One more year left on his rookie contract. You think, honestly, Deshaun Watson is going to take less money to go to New England? Sorry, some of these rumors just make me laugh and annoy at the same time because they're so stupid. Deshaun Watson is not going to want to take less money. Deshaun Watson is going to want break the bank type of money. I don't think Deshaun Watson, after this year, he is done in Houston. To me, it's just that simple. Because as long as Bill O'Brien is head coach there, they're never going to go anywhere. Deshaun Watson is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And again, Houston is going to waste that. Again, Bill O'Brien should have been on the hot seat years ago after the Brock Osweiler signing. But it's just not going to happen. Deshaun Watson is going to demand a trade to where we don't know. Next preseason is a long ways away, so let me know what you think. Does Sean Watson sign a long term deal after this next season with the Houston Texans, or does he go to a new team? Sorry, we got more coming up here on the other dude with John Longhorn. Now let's go to I would say my biggest question though since falling college football up well, a lot more in NFL is why don't Longhorns players Longhorn players last in the NFL? Or have a long successful starting NFL career a couple of things could be is again injuries Jordan Humphrey play I believe it was Jordan Humphrey play one year at Texas at receiver they went to the NFL and it didn't work now, I'm not saying staying all four years in college means that you're gonna have success in the NFL but he did it preemptively he was doing it based off of emotions I understand you need money it didn't work on Un- discipline, not discipline. You could look at Vince Young admit he admitted that he needed to handle it better. Or at the same time, you had, uh, you had your head coach, Jeff Fisher, which is known as the quarterback killer. There's a reason why he's not coaching in the NFL. Because even in the NFL, Vince Young came in the NFL, his stats were not good. He wasn't accurate as a quarterback. Him not being accurate as a quarterback, being hyped up with the fame and the discipline issues, excuse me, it was doomed from the start. And off-the-field issues could have to do with discipline. Vince Young, or a guy that maybe a lot of UT fans don't remember, Jordan or Jackson Sh- J- blah, Sorry, Jordan or Jackson Shipley. You don't think about those guys. Those guys played receiver. They didn't really last in the NFL because, again, talent from college doesn't always translate to the NFL. You could be like, why? Why do certain college players, when they go to the pros, why don't they last in the NFL? Could be because they're lazy. The work ethic is terrible. Going to Jamarcus Russell. Now again, people were talking about Jamarcus Russell in the draft. He could sit on the field or sit on his knees on the field and throw the ball like 60, 70 yards. But again, his work ethic blah sorry. Work ethic was lazy. He just wasn't a good quarterback. Because there was a I think it was in training camp, I can't remember when. They gave him a blank tape. There was nothing on there. They told Jamarcus Russell to watch film. And be like, hey, let us know what you think about this coverage. What could we do different? He goes home that night, obviously doesn't watch it or check it. Because even it doesn't matter if he checked it or not. The fact of the matter is it was a blank tape and he didn't check it. So he goes back the next day, gives the the empty tape with nothing on it back to the coach. The coach asks Jamarcus Russell, What do you think? And he says, I like these kind of coverages, blah 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 blah. And he knows that there he's full of You know what. But a lot of times college players, when they have so much talent in college, they let that hype bring to the NFL and gave us a totally different talent in the NFL. We've had a lot of players from UT go to the NFL. I mean, again, Colt McCoy's been a journeyman. Colt McCoy's going to be a backup now for Daniel Jones with the New York Giants. With his veteran leadership and his faith, that could be great. But the only Longhorns player I can think of besides or Campbell had some good years in the NFL could be... Jamar Charles, who was a running back for the again I said, the Houston Texans, played in that Rose Bowl game against Matt Lyon at USC and Reggie Bush. Jamar Charles had a decent career in the NFL. Again, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a top five, ten, top ten running back of all the time. You know, he played with Alex Smith and all these other coaches. I mean, he had over seven thousand rushing yards. So I mean, it was a decent sized career. Not a bust. Not great, but had a decent sized career. Then you look at guys like Sam Ellinger, who's in his last year. In college if he can improve as a pastor be a better leader stay healthy like he could potentially last in the nfl but again before we move on looking back at longhorn players going from college to the nfl i see undisciplined injuries or leaving college early again before i move on just because you leave college early doesn't or stay in for four years doesn't determine how you're going to succeed or if you actually do succeed in the NFL. I mean it's just that simple. Now one of the last topics we're actually going to talk about, or two more, is some of the coaches that are on the hot seat. If y'all let me know of a couple that y'all think of coaches that are on the hot seat, I'll give you my tick. I say Bill O'Brien, I'm not gonna get into that. Bill O'Brien Adam Gase, we you know he's not a good head coach. Anthony Lynn I know you can talk about injuries, but you've had the players come on, and you got a couple other uh, coaches there that are on the hot seat. So at the same time, we keep giving passes to coaches or players for having past success, just because you had past success with a former team doesn't mean that success is going to translate to another team. Perfect example of back in the day, or back in the day, like ten years ago, Rex Ryan, great defensive head coach. But he went to Buffalo and it simply didn't work. The last thing we are actually going to be talking about is why sports brings people together. Now, sports, I have met so many people while watching sports. I have developed friendships by watching sports with people. I think sports brings that emotional connection. Some of my favorite memories from my childhood was the Justin Tucker field goal. The last game against AM with three seconds left. That was my favorite memory besides Vince Young and the Rose Bowl five years before. Some of my favorite memories was watching football, was watching basketball. What were y'all some of y'all's favorite sport memories? Let me know in the comment section below and we will talk about it here on the other dude with John Corn. But some of my best memories was watching sitting on my butt watching football. And if it wasn't, again, for watching that Rose Bowl game in 2006, Vince Young and Jamal Charles, I wouldn't have been watching football. I wouldn't be doing what I am doing today. I mean, it's just really that simple. Football has brought me so many memories, so many countless things in my childhood. If I didn't have sports in my childhood, I wouldn't have most of the childhood that I did. Obviously, my parents are great parents, but sports was a big part of it. Now, in other news, we know that 49ers are... Look in the trade, Matt Breda. Kenan's coming back. You got Coleman, Raheem Mozart. I mean, the NFC is going to be stacked next to You got Breeze, Brady, potentially Bridgewater. Who knows? I mean, so many NFC quarterbacks. You got the Eagles, the Cowboys. The Giants are improving. They're not a playoff team anytime soon, but Daniel Jones is going to be improving as a quarterback. Then you got... Obviously, the Bucks, the Saints, the Panthers, so many teams in the NFC. The NFC is going to be the tougher division, a lot of competition. It is going to be tough in the NFC next year. I know it is too early for next season, but who is y'all's favorite to win the NFC or AFC next year? Let me know what you think. Let me know how I could do the show better and make better content. I want to hear feedback from y'all, good or bad, what you did like or what you didn't like. But again, this is the other deal with John Carter signing off. I will see y'all tomorrow.